telling Pastor Chris before service, I was, when they called me a few weeks ago, I was seeking the Lord and praying and as pastors and preachers, evangelists, man, we want a good word. Man, we want the best word we've ever preached in our life. And I preached, I preached a few years. And the Lord spoke to me and he, he gave me just a simple word. And I'm somewhat of the old school. I was born at the right time. I really was. I've got a lot of old in me. That don't mean I'm old. Just come on, somebody help me. Amen. I'm getting more mature. But I've got a lot of old in me. But I've got a lot of new in me. So I'm flexible of what God's doing in this hour. And this is the excitement in my spirit tonight to be able to just walk in this house tonight knowing about what God's already got planned. I don't have the words to express. I was just grateful to the Lord that God's entrusted me to do a little bit for the kingdom. And so tonight, if you have your Bible and if you don't have a Bible and you got it on your phone, this is a, if you've, if you've ever, like first of the year, if you've ever said, man, you know what, this year I'm going to read my Bible more and I'm going to, I'm going to pray more, and I'm going to do all this stuff more. I'm going to memorize a couple of scriptures this year. This is one of those scriptures that you need to memorize right here. Because it's a very simple scripture, and it's easy to find. So my text tonight is simply in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, and verse number 8. And it says this. Jesus Christ... That's who we've been worshiping all night. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And my assignment tonight is simply this. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. I will need you to pray for me, and I'm going to pray for you. Father. I thank you tonight your word is forever settled in heaven. I thank you, God, you've already went before us. You already know the outcome. Lord, I pray tonight, God, let me speak with simplicity of understanding by every individual. Anoint our ears that we may hear the word of the Lord by the Spirit tonight. Anoint us to do what you've called us to do tonight. We thank you, God, that people will leave this house tonight. Matter of fact, everyone in this house tonight that leaves will say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. So, Father, we bless this house, and we thank you for what you're about to do. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. And amen. And you may be seated for a few moments. Now, I don't know what you have felt during the worship, but I don't know I am cranked up up here. I mean, you may say, well, you look pretty calm, but I'm not. I'm literally shaking. Uh, a few times I started to run. Uh, I didn't know to jump. I didn't know to dance. I didn't really know what to do. But I do know this. Uh, all around us, the society we're living, truly we're all living in a messed up world. But I'm glad to report tonight that nothing's changed. When it comes to a man called Jesus, I believe we all can testify of him tonight of simply saying he is good. He is good all the time. Matter of fact, one place in the Bible says, just taste and see that the Lord is good. Because death couldn't keep him. 
the grave couldn't hold him. Matter of fact, the Bible says that there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. His bill, he's building a church that he said that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Matter of fact, in his name, just in his name, sinners find grace. Thirsty souls find living water. A darkened world finds light. He could feed a multitude with a few fishes and just a few fishes, a few loaves of bread. Oh, my God. He's more than a carpenter's son. He's more than Mary's little baby. He's the one that all others are revolving around. He's in charge of all things. He's the master of the mighty. He's the head of all the heroes. He's the governor of all the governors. He's the prince of peace. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright in the morning star. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He said, I have all power and all authority. And just in his name, just in his name, it says it all. John chapter 16, verse 23. He said, whatever you ask in my name, I will give you. There are provisions in a man called Jesus. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 says, In my name you can cast out devils. I come to proclaim tonight there's power in the name of Jesus. So Acts 3, 6 says, Peter and John said, I don't have no gold, but in the name of Jesus, just get up. There's healing in the name of Jesus, and nothing has changed. Matthew chapter 4, it says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He is the master over every temptation. Matthew chapter 14, Mark chapter 6, Mark chapter 4, Jesus is in a boat. The storms broke out, and he walks out on the bow of the boat, and he says, peace be still. What kind of man is this? Because his name, nature, is even changed. No one that we've ever met or ever will be has ever had an effect on life like this man called Jesus. To the artist, he's the altogether lovely one. To the architect, he's the cheap cornerstone. To the baker, he's a living bread. To the banker, he's a hidden treasure. To the biologist, he's the life and the giver of life. To the builder, he is the sure foundation to the doctor he's a great physician to the educator he's the master teacher to the farmer he's a lord of the harvest to the florist he's a lily of the valley the roses sharing and the plant of renown to the geologist he's a rock of all ages to the jeweler he's the pearl of great price to the lawyer he's the counselor the lawgiver and the advocate and no nothing has changed to the newspaper man he's good news of great joy to the preacher he's the word of God to the student he is the truth to the traveler he is a new and living way to the sinner he's the lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world but to me he's the one who picked me up out of the miry clay and put my feet upon a rock and established my goings and put a new song in my mouth that's why I come tonight to say I will I said I will I said I I will bless the Lord at all times because his name is wonderful. He's a mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When I was lost, 
I was found. When I was blind, I can see. When I was dead, I can live. He's able tonight to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think about. He heals the blind all through Scripture. And now they can see the lame are walking. The dead are being raised up. And people full of the devil are getting free. And I come to say tonight, I am glad to report that nothing has changed. He's still healing the blind. He's still healing the lame. He's still bringing people back to life and a new profound freedom that God is releasing in the earth and nothing has changed. Mm. But today, in the world that we live today, everything, literally everything has changed. There is a new norm now. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, In whom the God of this world have blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ could shine unto them. We are living in a time when people have eyes but yet can't see, ears and can't hear. It's all about being happy, happy, happy. Flatter us, make us feel good, calling things right that are simply wrong and calling wrong simply right. There's no difference in the world we live between clean and unclean no more, holy or unholy. There are voices everywhere you're going. Evil is loose. Demonic spirits are loose. And Christless teachings. Mm. They're going around this world faster than the speed of light through the Internet. Yet people are searching. But they must wade through piles of garbage and polluted sewers just to hear a morsel of truth. There is a sincere concern tonight for the family of God at large. And this concern is a driving force behind the words I'm able to deliver tonight. My concern is not for the family altogether, but for those who are hungry and for those who are thirsty that are coming after us for tomorrow. The Bible says in Amos chapter 8 and verse 11 and 12, I'm about to get cranked up. I feel my help are coming. Amos 8, 11, and 12 says there's coming a time in the earth where people are going to run to and fro. They're looking for the truth, but they can't find the truth. Oh, my God, it's going to be a famine in the land, not of bread and water, but there's going to be a famine of the Word of God. Hear me tonight. When we don't have the Holy Ghost, I heard Pastor Kevin say that the best friend you're going to need in 2024 is going to be the Holy Ghost. And when he spoke that, I said to myself, when we don't have the Holy Ghost in the church no more, the more cake and coffee we're going to need to keep the church going. And God told Abraham to get out of there. People are searching. They're trying everything to get out of darkness. One place in the Bible it says that David, he felt like he was under the shadow of death. And what did God do? He prepared a table in the middle of his enemies. You understand tonight that you cannot outrun your shadow. We all have this thing called a shadow. It's like there's something always following us. If you run real fast, your shadow will run fast with you. If you stop, your shadow doesn't run away. If you jump, your shadow will jump with you. You cannot run away from your shadow. There's always seen to be something dark, always a trip. 
tempting you or striving to get you to turn and go in a different direction. That's why God says, he does not say, you got to run from your darkness. you got to run from your sin. But God says, there's only one way. There's only one way that you can get out of darkness. You can't win it by yourself. You can't jump high enough. He said, you got to learn how to turn. you got to learn how to turn from your wickedness. And you got to learn how to turn from your sin. Because darkness is following all of us. Tonight, you may have entered this house tonight and you may be crying. Oh, my God, I heard Pastor Chris about to break loose. and I thought, my God, he's going to preach here. You might be crying tonight, but I heard the Lord say, if you keep pressing on, you're going to be laughing in just a little bit. You might be down right now, but I come to tell you tonight, you're on your way up. Don't you get discouraged yet. You may be pressed down now, but God is going to step in, and God's about to deliver somebody in this house tonight. Because God in this hour is speaking to those old-time dead churches, and he's saying, it's time to get out. It's time to get out of that dead thing. I did a little research over Cleveland, Tennessee this week, and I came to the conclusion there are over 200 religious organizations and churches in Cleveland, Tennessee. And the devil is trying to take the Holy Ghost out of the church. Oh, I know we're educated. I know we're educated more than we should be, perhaps for our own good. And you can call me old-fashioned if you want, but I believe it's all in vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One of God comes down in our services. We can't really sing the way we should sing unless the anointing of God gets in it. We can't really preach the way we really need to preach unless the anointing of God gets in it, unless the Holy Ghost of God comes down and hovers over the family of God. But family, understand, it's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord. I come to tell somebody tonight, you don't need a cigarette to calm down you don't need a volume to unwind you don't need an entertainment center and this is not a popularity contest hmm. we don't need to look for the best dress in the house or the best singer we need to understand that the church at large today we've got to get back to the horns of the altar we've got to get back to that old fashioned devil chasing, sin killing red hot, fire burning pure running, aisle running my God, when the anointing of God hits you and you can't stand still and something gets in your hand and something gets in your feet and you don't know what to do with it I hear people say things like this just listening to people they say, I don't know what's wrong today with the church well, let me solve the problem here for us. There's not nothing wrong with God's church. Because there's a God church and there's a people church. The church at large don't have no problem. What's causing problems in the church are people that are professing, but they're not possessing. 
They've never been blood washed. And they're still out raising hell. They've never been saved. Because when you get saved, the Bible says, do I have a church in here tonight? When you get saved, the Bible says, old things pass away. And behold, all things become new. Now I got saved and I still drink. I don't drink Budweiser. I don't drink Jack Daniels. There's a wine that flows out of heaven that I can tap into. I can get into. Matter of fact, how long's it been since you got drunk in church? How long's it been since you got intoxicated with the power of God? I know years ago in our church, we had a, uh, some wheelchairs in our church. And people went, oh, my God, what's all these wheelchairs for? I said, it's not for the sick people. It's to roll the drunk people to, the, to their car because they can't drive. We need a church full of the intoxicated power. See, some of y'all going, well, that's too far. No, it ain't. I've lived this. I've lived it where people are so full of the power of God. They can't walk right. They're stumbling around, and they're saying, my God, I can't drive home. I don't want to drive home. I don't want to leave God's house. How long's it been since you had heartburn that rollage wouldn't solve and tagging it wouldn't solve? There was something that was burning in your heart that said, my God, i got to have more of God. I know God baptized me in the Holy Ghost last Sunday night, but I know this today. I need more of the Holy Ghost today than I needed him yesterday. I want God to intoxicate the church. I want to see it. And I almost felt the glory of God hovering over the atmosphere. A couple of times I turned around to look back a little bit because I thought, Lord, this is in the days of Solomon where the glory of God was hovering and everybody fell down. How'd you like to be in that service? Come on, Jesus. If I've ever needed him, I need him now. Even with Jesus, I thought about it. Even with Jesus, my wife is with me tonight and myself, I have been on a journey I've been on a journey. I've lived on the backside of the desert a few times. My, the Lord recalled my first tape ministry I had. Some of y'all won't know this. We had cassette tapes. Oh, my God. My first tape ministry, I had cassette tapes. And we took a 1999 cassette player and put it in front of the speaker just to record the service. And if you were lucky, you might get a copy of the tape in a week or two. My wife would run the sound. I'd, I'd be the choir director. And then I would jump up and preach. And I learned by the trouble and the hell that I've been through. When the devil comes at me, I don't throw all the good stuff at him. But I say, my God, all I need is a flashback. I said, all I need is a flashback of where God picked me up back there and put me up here and said, you preach my word. You be instant in season, out of word. Preach it when it's popular. Preach it when it's not unpopular. <laughs> I'm about to get loose. All I need is a flashback. Because I come to prophesy tonight over myself. I'm still a wild man mm, that preaches crazy. And if a devil fools with me today, I'll flip out on him today. 
I can go back to my fallen cabinet of the past and I can pull a lot of drawers out and say, my God, if God brought me through that and God brought me through that and God brought me through that, who am I preaching to? And God brought me through that and God brought me through that and God brought me through that. If God brought me through all that, surely he can bring me through what I'm going through right now. And I heard the Lord say, after you suffered for a little while, I'm going to establish you and settle you. Stop looking at all the trouble. Stop looking at all the problems on the job. Stop looking at all the trouble in the church. Oh, I'm about to get out of my introduction. Oh, my God. Stop talking about all the trouble at home. And all my finances are trouble. My emotions are all in trouble. But I heard David said, My help cometh from the Lord. I will lift up my eyes and look unto the hills from which cometh my help. What we need is some sister nettles in the church. And many of you going, who is Sister Nettles? Well, I was a young preacher, still pretty young, and I get to preaching about like I am right now. I look out here to the right side, an early lady about halfway back. She she would be sitting back there, hard and feeble, and can't hardly walk. But Sister Nettles would take that little feeble hand, and she'd be going like this. All through the service. And then once in a while she'd begin a double thing. I'm going, what, what is she doing? So one day I stopped and said, Sister Nettles, well, when I'm preaching, what are you doing this? She said, I see the anointing of God and I'm throwing the Holy Ghost up there on you. And I said, Sister Nettles, you keep throwing the Holy Ghost up there. Don't you get weary in your well-doing. I wish I had some church up in here tonight. Just throw your hand. Throw your hand over at your neighbor. Throw your hand to the pulpit. Throw your hand to the pastor. Throw your hand and say, God, let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost fall. Let the Holy Ghost baptize every individual in the church. Let him fall like fire. God's raising up some old wells. If you're a pastor tonight, old well diggers, Pastor Chris and Crystal, they're digging some stuff up. They're having to go through some hard ground to get there. We may sing it different. We may all sound different. We may call it praise now. We may call it worship now. But it all leads back to amazing grace. You got to understand, you're not just at somebody. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's the reason you can't go where everybody else goes. And you can't talk like everybody else talks. You can't even wear what everybody else is wearing. Why? Because you're saved. And you're sanctified. Well, wait a minute. I, I, do, I do have a church in here tonight. We're saved. And we are supposed to be sanctified. And if you're not for the Holy Ghost, you need to just wave your hand and prophesy tonight. God going to baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. Uh, he brought me out of the darkness into his marvelous light. And today, he 
has not changed. It hasn't changed. Understand, there's a difference between church folk and God. God will give you another chance. You'll get it later. God will still use you. When you mess up, God ain't through with you yet. God can restore your dream. He can give you a greater anointing than you've ever could dream about. God's not through with you yet. And when I look and see the attendance tonight, I'm thinking, why are you here? God's not through with you yet. If the devil tells you that God's not, then just put your feet on the ground and say something like this. First John 4, 4 says, little children, we're not of this world because greater Greater is he that's in me, that's in the world. That's the reason I don't drink no more. I found something better to drink. That's the reason I won't smoke no more. That's the reason I don't do drugs no more. That's the reason I'm not a junkie no more. Why? Because I found what I was looking for. I found a man called Jesus. And when I found a man called Jesus, he changed everything about me. See, you know you really got saved when you're going down the road and your wife's looking at you. They've been praying for you for a few years and you're pouring your dope out the window. You know God really got a hold of you now. Because, see, it's one thing to get saved but then keep on sinning. See, I asked for strength and God gave me difficulty for I could become strong. I asked him for wisdom and God gave me some problems to solve. I asked for courage and God gave me danger to overcome. And I asked God for love and God gave me some tough people to try to help. I can say this. God answered my prayer. Come on, somebody. We do know that all things are working together for good to them who love God and are called according to his purpose. I'm mindful and there's so many things that God's rekindled in my spirit on this word tonight. I remember there was a lady years ago in my church. She prayed for her dad for a long time. For a long time. He's a white man. And he hates different people of different color. He hates them. And he'll tell you about it too. And they're praying for their dad. One day I got a phone call and they were all at the hospital. They found their dad, dad out in the woods, leaning up against a tree, drinking a Budweiser, and he had a heart attack. And then he was dead. The ambulance came and got him, and they were rushing him to the hospital, and they were shocking him, and he, was, he, was, he had a, a heartbeat, and he started breathing a little bit. They got him to the hospital, and the doctor came out, and I was in the family room with that family, and they come out and said, I'm sorry. But we lost your dad. And the family was devastated. And I stood there with that family. Losing their dad. And their dad hated other people besides white. It was just a few moments. There was this black nurse that walked out of the, emergency, out of the back room. And she walked out there to that family room. And she said, I've got to tell all of you something. When the doctor said he died, when the doctor walked out, your dad opened his eyes and looked at me. 
And I said, sir, do you know Jesus? He shook his head, I don't know Jesus. And the black lady led that white man to the Lord. And he died and God brought him back. And what he hated, God used to raise her, her dad back up. Can I tell you the church today? We're praying, and we're praying God will send people to us. But will the church accept what God's about to bring? Is God going to, are you going to, is the church, the, we, we're praying like this, Lord, send revival. Well, we can have revival if this kind of people come, if this music is played, or this happens, or that happens. But what if God sends people that you don't like? They don't look like you. Oh, I've been, I've been here before. Years ago when I preached in my church uh, and the Holy Ghost got on me and I went to my church uh, uh, council and, and because they were rising up against me, I said, Pastor, Pastor, no, 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 no. I got preaching like this. God's about to send the drug addict. Where else can they go to get delivered? Are they going to go to AA? Are they going to go to NA? All those organizations are all good, but where are they going to get delivered at? God send the prostitutes and you know what the next Sunday I had four prostitutes half dressed walk in my church and you know what God did they all end up in the altar. My wife will testify. I had so many drugs on the altar week after week, and people were bringing garbage bags into pornography and all kinds of stuff. Who, who was doing other? The church folk were going home and cleaning house. There's some things in the closet that needs to come out. Old time sanctification needs to be back in the church again, and the holiness under God. We're praying. We're praying. God send them. And when you get, listen, study the word of God. Talk to the blind man. Talk to the lame man. Nobody, every time God got ready to do something for a blind man or a dead man or a lame man or whatever, you know what? All, nobody bothered them until they tried to get to Jesus. The issue of blood lady. Nobody bothered her. Not until she made up her mind. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. See, everybody will be fine. Everybody will be fine as long as we just stay where we are. We'll have our good music. We'll have some good preaching. And we'll go on home and eat our chicken sandwich. My God. What are we going to do when God starts sinning? Oh. Listen. We're all sitting in a church tonight, and the atmosphere is what is considered to be the Bible Belt. We need a move. We need an encounter. We need a revival of the power of God. Because today, people aren't just going to go and just sit in the church and make me feel good. They're not going to do it. Two weeks ago, I had an experience, and I think Pastor Kevin did too, uh, in Chattanooga. I was up in the front praying on the prayer team, and, and while I was praying, this man walks up to the altar, and I'm standing there, and I'm looking, and this man has a dress on and high heels in Chattanooga. Pastor Kevin prayed for him, and 
I'm sitting here going, God, God. And so somebody asked us to go eat lunch with him, and I went to eat lunch. And I was praying about that whole situation. God, that, that man. Well, you won't believe who they sent me beside at lunch. This man that had on high heels and a dress. I didn't see none of that. I said, is this your first time at church? He said, it is. Well, no, he didn't say it like that. He said, it is. I said, what do you think about it? He said, I really enjoyed it. I said, you need to come back again. He said, I've never seen nothing like this. I've never been in nothing like this. Oh, I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm about to get. I'm about to get there. Uh, an old time preacher said, hmm, or an old timer sitting in a church said to a preacher, "True story." He said, "Preacher, you won't believe what happened to me in church. There was a new convert that walked up to me." And said he felt he needed to pray for me and lay hands on me. And I can't believe, Pastor, that that young convert wanted to palm my head and pray for me. Does he not know how long I've been in this church? And the preacher's reply was, well, brother, if you need to lift your hand every once in a while, if you'd clap your hands ever once in a while, if you stand up a little while, then he wouldn't have thought that you were some heathen. Hmm. Uh, we need a revival. When the guests compliment, but the saints complain. My God, that worship's long. Can you believe how long we stand up? Can you believe all them lights? That's what the church said. But the sinners, when sinners are impressed, but saints are depressed, <laughs> we need a revival. We need a move of God. The saints will complain. Because we got out late. But the sinners are going, my God, have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever been in the atmosphere like this? Have you ever heard? Did you see those people up there doing what they're doing? Did you feel that? That's what guests are saying. And the greatest advertisement is not a billboard. It's the word of mouth. Send them all. Send them all. Because I've learned something over the years. I can do more with a crack addict and a meth addict than I can with a church member. Is that true? That is true. You know why? Because with church members, they've been to eight churches, and they, I gotta, we got to reprogram them. 
We got, we got to get them all back where they need to be with God and break traditional uh, barriers and religious walls. We got to try to tear all that down. But you take a crack at it and a meth addict that don't know nothing about God, and then you say, can you, oh, can you empty the garbage? I'll do it. Will you, will you do that? I'll do that. You know what, Pastor? I'm just glad. I'm just glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm free. I've been in bondage all my life. And God, now I don't know how to act. It's like the preacher across town. Years ago, they told me, he said, preacher, I need to talk to you. And I met him for breakfast. He said, there's a young man in my church, and he's been coming about three or four weeks. But every time the choir sings and the worship sings, and when I start preaching the word, this man just jumps up and starts running around the church. He says, man, it's really causing a little bit of a distraction. I really don't know what to do. I said, you need to talk to him and see what's happening. Three or four weeks later, I met that pastor and ate with him. I said, well, did you, were you able to talk to that young man? He said, I, I did. He said, man, that young man came into my office. He said, pastor. The pastor said, I know you get up and run almost every service. And he bowed his head. He said, I do, pastor. I do, preacher. He said, you don't know me. You don't know my name. He said, but preacher, I came to your church about three weeks ago. And I don't know what happened to me, man, but I came down to your altar in the front down there, and I prayed this little prayer. And man, it's been wonderful. I can't explain it. And, and, and preacher, you, you, you don't know. You don't know this, but when I come to your church, I'm dying. I'm dying of AIDS. And I don't have a probably, probably three months to live. He said, but ever since I've been to your church, I had to go back to the doctor. And when I went back to the doctor, the doctor just shook his head. He couldn't really explain it to me, but he said, you're in remission. He said, you're in remission. And that I know of, it's never came back since. And I told him, I said, well, preacher, what did you tell the young man? He said, I told him to just keep on a running. Just keep on a running. It may mess up your program. It may mess up your religious facade. But when God raises you from the dead and God puts your feet back on the floor, you know what? You'll lift your hands and you'll jump and you'll praise God like you've lost your mind. We need a revival. When we have more to shout about, but we do less. We drive better cars than we've ever driven. We live in nicer homes than we've ever lived. We're wearing better clothes than we've ever had. We're blessed more than we've ever been blessed. But can you explain why our praise and our worship has become less than? Our enthusiasm and our passion has become less and less. Your hand raising or your shouting has become less and less. And I don't know about you, but I refuse to be more blessed and be less of a worshiper. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself because you'll only deal with one thing during worship. You, this thing called flesh, aren't you tired? I've had a long day. Shut up. 
Just tell your flesh. Just talk to yourself. That's what I used to. I look at my, my papa, he'd be talking to himself, and I'd be thinking, who's you talking to? And now I'm catching myself coming to church, and I'm getting my flesh is going, what a week. Oh, my God, what a week. And everybody's worshiping, and they're off the chain dancing, and your flesh is going, my God, if I could just sit down for just a moment. And I catch myself in my spirit thinking, no, wait a minute. My flesh is tired. My spirit ain't tired. Sometimes you just got to tell your old flesh, listen, shut up and sit down here for about 30 minutes or an hour or whatever time it is. I can go home after church and take a nap. If you make up, oh, man, one of the greatest things you'll ever see in church is these women that look like baby dolls, Barbie dolls. It takes them two hours to get your face on, and then they come to church for 15 minutes. And you look. It's running. It's just running. And I'm going, get them, Lord. Get them, Lord. Get them. Get them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm about to wind it up here. See, I, I refuse. I refuse, and I'm older than now. I'm getting more mature, as I say. I even refuse to let a new convert out shout me and out praise me. Simply because they know now they're saved. Hmm. See, it's good that they know that they're saved. And that's a way that God ignites a fire within you, and that's just the beginning of it. But I know more than that. I know I'm saved, but I know he's also a healer. I know he also is a provider. I know he's a deliverer. I know he moves mountain, and he'll save your whole family. He'll set the captive free. He'll break every chain. He'll break in the jailhouse and shake the whole jailhouse. If we could take people that the church don't want, when you get it built, it'll be a church everybody will want. Huh. It's became the sin of familiarity. We have became so familiar with it that we just know how to do it. But if we don't do nothing else, I don't want to grow old and drop like an old raisin because this is not for me. This is for him. We need a revival when people come late, but they want to sit on the front. That don't make no sense. People wanting more, but going backwards. If you were to Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, whatever ball game, you paid $1,000 to go to the Georgia ball game, and you're sitting right on the 50-yard line. And all of a sudden, they come to you and say, Sir, you have to move. Sorry, you have to move. Where am I moving? We're going to move you all the way up there in the nosebleed section. Come on, sir, get up. We're going to move you. You know what? There'll probably be a fight. But what about church? When the fire of God, when the fire of God is burning, it makes you want to get in the fire. When I was a young Christian, my wife will tell you, when she was a young girl, she got saved every week. When somebody in the church got saved, she went up with them. She said, man, I got saved. Wow, that's a word. That's a word, isn't it? 
Some of us have just been saved too long. And if we have, then you know what? We need to do our first works over and let God restore the first love back to you and put the passion and the zeal and the hunger and the thirsty back in your life. I never understood it. Years ago, we pastored for many years. We went to this thing called prayer conference. And we went to all kinds of, we went with probably eight or ten pastors and their wives. And we'd all go down together to Atlanta. And, and we'd go down and we'd have kept prayer, prayer, uh, prayer conference. And I sat back as a young pastor and I just never understood it. We're going to prayer conference, but there's nobody praying. And then later in the year, we got camp meeting. Man, camp meeting. That's a off the chain revival, brother, right there. And I would sit and I would look at all these old time preachers. And I'm not bashing old time preachers. I'm right in there with them now. But them old time preachers, if it wasn't the song they liked, you knew it. They sat. And I was just a crazy young preacher. And they used to say, well, Brother Ashley, I know you're new in this, but when you get seasoned real good and you're in this for a while, you'll calm down. I don't want to calm down. I want to be ignited. I want to have the fire of God like Hezekiah, he prayed and God added to him 15 more years. In the latter years of my life, I don't want to dry up and die. I want the power. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see every drug addict in Bradley County come to a man called Jesus. I want to see the jailhouse emptied out because revival hit Bradley County Jail. I never finish. And my wife tells me, you should have done a series. <laughs> I heard the Lord say, I'm ready. I'm ready. And when I heard that, I had to study the scripture to find, is God ready? Luke 14. First, and you can read it later, verse 15 through 24. Jesus said, I'm going to have a big celebration. Go get all my people. We're going to have a time and tell them I'm ready. One man said, I got a piece of ground. I can't come. One man had five oxen. I, I can't come because I got to go check on the oxen. One man said, I got a wife and I can't come. I got to go home. The piece of ground he had an investment. And a lot of us have things that we've invested in. And it keeps us from going where God's trying to take us. The man had five oxen. He just has some stuff. It's okay to have stuff until the stuff has you. And then one said, I had a wife. He had a relationship. And some of you got the wrong friends. Some of you got the wrong relationships. And it all keeps you from coming to the house. And he said this. Jesus said, what's going on? He said, they all can't come. And what did Jesus say? He said, go in the streets. Go in the city. Bring the poor. 
Bring the maimed, damaged people. Bring the halt, the crippled people. Bring the blind that can't see. Bring them all in. Go on the highways and hedges. Compel them to come in that my house can be filled. As I'm closing here, there's so many stories. A little fragile little man weighing about 70 pounds sat on the back row of my church one time. And he barely made it to the altar. And his name was Billy. I led Billy to the Lord that night. And he got up. He said, Pastor, I'm dying. I got cancer. I have no stomach. I can't eat. And I remember him, Billy, getting saved. And just particular that night, we had a fellowship. And Billy went in the back. And he ate. And he ate, and he ate. And he, lived, and he lived three months longer. And I preached his funeral, and there was nobody at the funeral but me. Not one family member in Lane Funeral Home buried him in a pasteboard box casket because he couldn't afford it. My dad, he's about to be 91 now. He had a big old place on his lip that came up a couple of years ago. And he went to the doctor and said, Mr. Ashley, we're going to, that, that's cancer. We're going to have to cut that off your lip. But when we do, we're going to have to cut a pretty good size of your lip. And when we do, we'll have to bring it back together, and it's going to make you higher lip. It's going to make you talk funny. And my dad came to me. I was his pastor for 20, 30 years, my dad. And, he's, and my dad's about to be 91 now. And my dad looked at me and said, he called me pastor, my dad. Now, when I went to his house, he called me Tim. But when I was at church, he called me pastor. He said, pastor, I don't want to lose my voice, man. I, I don't want to cut that off my lip. He's going to surgery on Monday. But on Sunday, we anointed my dad with oil. I didn't scream or holler. I just put some oil on my finger and said, Lord, this is my daddy. And I prayed for my dad. And he went to the doctor on Monday. And they didn't have to do no surgery on my dad. God healed my dad. A man walked in my church crippled carrying a cane. I still got the cane in my office now. His name was Eric. And Eric walked in the church like this. And he sat right over here. Listen, nothing has changed with God. Nothing. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I remember the Holy Ghost showed up in the church like he did just a moment ago during worship. And I heard a scream, and I looked, and there come Eric running down that aisle. When he got about right here, he had that cane in his hand, and he throwed that cane up on the stage, and there he went. And he's still running today, and God has not changed. One more. Ken Frady. He's my clerk. He was my clerk for 20 years, and Brother Frady had a bad accident. And when they did, 
it seized his arm to his side. I didn't know what that meant one day until I had to help him, had to help him get dressed. They sewed his arm to his side. And this arm is like an old lame hand. He don't move this hand. He can't move this hand. Hmm. And my wife will tell you, I've seen too many times when the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost would fall in the church. And I watched Brother Freddy take that old dead hand. And he'd raise that dead hand up and start clapping that good hand. And I'd look, and he was an elderly man. And I looked, and Brother Freddy would run around that church. Run around and around that church. And I can go on for the next two hours and tell you all the things I've seen God do. But I come to report tonight to you, nothing has changed. It's all still available to the church. Stand with me. I can't I was in prayer just a few days ago. I'm closing right here. A few days ago, and I wrote, the scripture is Psalms 133. How good, how pleasant it is for brethren and sisters to dwell together in unity. It's like the anointing of oil that flow from the top of Aaron all the way down the skirts. The Lord dropped that in my spirit. So let me prophesy over these two pastors in this house tonight. There's an anointing of God that has been birthed from heaven on Pastor Chris and Crystal. The anointing of God has failed and it's on their life. But I heard the Lord say, the anointing as it begins to run. It's going to run from the head. Your pastors, it's going to run from the head of this house. It's running. There's fresh oil that's dripping in this house. And I heard the Lord say, it's going to run down to the shoulder. And I have seen the weight that Crystal, you carried. Pastor Chris, I've seen the weight. I felt the weight as pastors that you have carried. And God said, in this hour, and you spoke it to me in the back, there's a new mantle. There's mantles that are falling in this house. There's an appointment that God's assignment is in this house. And God said, I'm anointing people. I'm going, it won't be everybody on this particular area, but I'm anointing people to carry the weight that your pastor's carrying. You're, the weight that they're carrying they need help carrying the weight. What is the weight? It's the weight of glory. It's the weight for the city. It's a weight for your family. It's a weight for the youth department. It's a weight for the children's department. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a weight for the outreach. It's a weight. And God's about to raise up some people that's going to be anointed to help you carry the weight.
then as the anointing of God flows from the head down to the shoulders, the anointing of God is going to flow down to the hands. God's raising up and anointing people to help. Matter of fact, I wish somebody just raise your hand like this and say, Lord, I'm available. I'm no longer a pew setter. I'm no no player hater you. Lord, I am a, you are a speaking out of your mind. I'm anointed of the Lord to help build the kingdom of God for such a time as this. God's anointing his church for help that's on the way. Then God said, I'm raising up people to carry the weight. I'm raising up people to help. And then he said, it's going to flow all the way down to the feet. When the weight, when the head, the, the shoulders, and the hands, it's going to get in the feet of many in this house. And they no longer will be satisfied with keeping what they got on Sunday. But they're going to go. They're going to go in the streets and the highways and the hedges in Cleveland, Tennessee, and Charleston. God's going to raise up a revival center. I said, God's going to raise up. I don't know if you realize where you're sitting tonight, and I know I'll pass my time, but I got to release the word of the Lord. You may not realize where you're sitting tonight, but you're sitting on a breeding ground of miracles. You ain't hearing me. I said you're sitting on a breeding ground of miracles. You're sitting on a breeding ground of a deliverance of the power of God. Every drug addict, every prostitute, every witch, every transsexual. God, there's a place, there's a place, there's a place where they can find help. There's a place for rescue. Just bless the Lord. Just wave your hand. Put worship in the atmosphere. God's breaking down walls. Get ready, church, for a fresh wind of the anointing of God. From this day forward, from this day forward, put a line in the sand and tell the devil, that's where I used to be. I won't stay where I used to be. But from today forward, I'm going to pursue. I'm going to pursue my purpose in the kingdom. <laughs> 